and hello to our, our I think this is our first uh, episode of Pride Month, is it not, Hale? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, our, our, our guys, girlies, non-binary friends, hello, happy Pride. Happy Pride. We're here where queer get used to it, we love it, we're here to see it. Yeah. Do something kind for yourself this month. Treat yourself. Um, treat yourself. I was a bad person and I bought a bunch of like stuff from Target. You're not a bad person <laughs> so, for you know, treating yourself. Yeah, it's, it's still treating yourself. Get it, girl. Um, but yeah, and we are crime culture. Hey. Speaking of we, uh, that's Haley. Hey. Lee, that's Caitlin. I'm Caitlin. Hey. I'm I'm fully present and not at all like borderline astral projecting out of my body at the moment. Um, all right, you know, just just quirky girl things. Um, and yeah, it has still been a time. We are still going through it here in the good old U.S. of A. Yes. And if you listen to our last episode, uh, oh well, our last episode was talking about uh, the details of the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. Who who'd have thought we'd see that result come in so quickly? I mean, we did because we called it. We literally said as soon as we talk about these things, yeah, it will be like like clockwork. We said next day. Yeah, <laughs> it's just gotten it's gotten so crazy again. Uh, a, conversations that should have been had in front of a therapist or behind closed doors instead of on tv um just i don't know i don't think anyone wins in that situation no i completely agree i think that i don't think the trial made either of them yeah i don't think i i don't think the trial made either of them look good the trial didn't make either of them look good but at the same time it's it sets a precedent now, and we said this last week, it, it sets a precedent now that, like, you can say, I was abused by somebody, I was sexually assaulted by somebody, what have you, and that now, people can go back and turn to this lawsuit and say why they think you're lying. Yeah. Look at Amber Heard, or look at what the like what they asked her and oh like if if it was so bad if you were so scared why didn't you leave and it's just it's bittersweet i i'm hopeful that justice was served at one point they asked like where's the proof or like where's your where's your proof that you went to the hospital for such and such injury it's like dude like that's not always how it works like things aren't black and white like that right and and so yeah it's a bittersweet decision and hopefully the right person won yeah hopefully like i don't even know i don't know i'm glad i wasn't on that jury that's all i can say i was gonna say um then and in to that point i mean we don't know how much the jury was tuned in to the media to social media i believe it said Um, somewhere that i read that the jury's identities are going to be kept like private for over like about a year i think that they're not going to reveal who was on the jury or something like that the names of the people who were on the jury which i I don't know if they should ever do that like i didn't read that i did read like kind of a call to action basically like if you are a juror do not release a statement as to why you came to the decision that you did until after i believe um amber heard's team is working on something and so basically yeah and basically it was just like don't like wait until this is done first so that you don't get basically discredited um and i said that very poorly but if if you need me and i will go through my tweets this is coming like third hand from various things that we've seen because the articles came fast and furious and it it was nauseating trying to keep up with it yeah well, and it was so strange to see the the way that different outlets covered it. Because, yeah. like, for example, Vice was a big one to me that they were just, for whatever reason, showing up in all of my feeds. And they went so quickly from, like, like not pro-Amber Heard, but more, like, a generalized, like, pro, like, believe women mm-hmm. to, like, and I'm talking, like, up until the decision, 
by closing remarks, they were still saying this. And then as soon as the decision was made, they were like, oh, hell yeah, go Johnny Depp. And it's just, it's so... I don't know if there was more support for Johnny Depp because more people knew of his career and knew his movies, so they felt they knew him more. Or, like, again, we said you can listen to the entire last episode where we talked it. I think abuse happened on both sides, physical, sexual, verbal, emotional, and... Again, I don't think anybody really wins in this case. No. It's just shit wall to wall. Yeah. But yeah. So that that happened in the interim of uh our last episode in this episode. Yep, that so. happened. Um but speaking of this happened this episode. We're going to talk mm-hmm. about this. And for those who did not feel the need to read the title much like Haley and I do to each other I was gonna say much like Haley and I do to each (laughs) other because we like to be surprised uh today we'll be talking about I'd like to speak uh today we will be talking about Nexium you know what I when it was coming out I was reading I was doing the thing where I was like reading the headlines Mm -hmm. and uh I I like skimmed a bunch of stuff. I didn't really go in depth with it because cults are very overwhelming to me. Um, But I just listened to very, I think like within the last like week, if do you listen to armchair and dangerous, like the kind of spinoff Dak Shepard armchair expert uh, with uh, David Farrier, who is from dark Taurus that we've done an episode on. I love David Farrier. Uh, but they just did a Nexium episode like last week. Oh, you're kidding. Or something like that. Well, yeah, yeah, for yeah. those who, so haters will say it's fake, but no, this has been on our schedule for what, Hale, like months, years. It has, it it's, was pushed for, it was pushed a, a couple of we times. We did have to push but, it a couple of times because of listener requests, yeah. but, but. Listener requests and Patreon things and more topical things yes. and blah, 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 blah. There's various reasons things get pushed. All of the but, Kevins um, we needed to talk about. Yeah. But, um. But yeah, no, I didn't know. I, I'm, ex- I'm, I'm excited to hear some, well, I mean, I don't know if excited is the right word, but I'm very interested intriguing. to hear, uh, to hear the complete story. Yes. One of, one of my, as we like to call them, Kazantes, Meg, um, we talked, we were just talking about this because she is also a true crime lover. Hello to the, to the first true crime lover in our family, um, that it's. It's it's like a morbid curiosity. It's just you're. It's not that you're entertained by it so much as like you're fascinated by it. It scratches a particular itch in your brain where you're like, why is this the way it is, and what happened here? And the fact that it's such a like, I think it's the the modern cults too that that come out that people are like, this was right under our noses the whole time. Well, that and I mean, and we'll get into it, but just the like, I, I I'm 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 not great. I what did we say last week? Um, full mastery of the english language that ain't me yeah um i'm off the clock on the weekends so i save that for my day job but it's just you it's that it could happen to anybody and it's trying to wrap your mind around the fact that there are human beings who are capable of doing these things when you as a hopefully decent human being are in fact not capable of doing these things and just trying to understand that and yeah. to just the the why of it it's like it's like uh it's it's like visual rubbernecking like does that make sense yeah. like that you're watching a trial or that you're reading about or listening to a podcast it's just it's the it's the equivalent we're all doing it and i think a, i think a lot of people would like to believe that they would never uh succumb to a cult leader or be involved in a cult at all but um another podcast that i was listening to was talking about like uh, a little micro cult there was only like several members but um uh one of the women was talking about how she was watching uh the cult leader the the person in charge like uh Mm -hmm. they have like hours and hours of like quote-unquote classes on like youtube yeah and she she started just uh doing some research and like watching some of the videos and she was uh uh, watching like 
the cup the first couple one episodes like one two three four fell asleep the videos kept playing <gasps> woke back up and the videos was on like chapter like 25 and they're talking about how like jews are a space race and they're here to like <sighs> kill us all and she's like how did wh- where did this i fell asleep for how long uh-huh. and this is how it, like it, it's a slow burn these things like start coming like they start t- they bring you in by talking about things that are like yeah, I can believe that. Mm-hmm. I can get on board with that. And then once you're under the thumb of this person, you're so you're so into it. You're so like into the culture and everything that I think it's also a part of like people uh, desperately do not want to uh, admit that they were wrong. Lots of people uh, would hate to say like. I followed this person for X amount of years, and just now I'm like, oh wait. I was wrong this whole time. I think that's that's a big thing of like people trying to get out of a cult. It's like very hard to leave once you've been in it for so long. Yeah, I think there's that. But I think and we'll get into this um, because it's funny that you say that. But I think there's also underlying factors at play, which I'll get into, because for many of these people, like we talk about, I think it falls right under, as we were saying earlier, like the why did you stay? It's it doesn't necessarily have to be that you're indoctrinated. It, it can there are other factors that can be yeah at they play. have like blackmail and stuff on you yes and we will get into like scientology that. like scientology and like yeah. spoiler alert nexium um yeah. but yeah so hopping right in so we're going to talk about keith rainier first i think it's ranieri it is keith ranieri was born on august 26 1960 to vera oshipko a ballroom dancing instructor and james ranieri a new york city advertising executive and when keith ranieri was five he and his family moved from brooklyn to suffern new york with his parents separating about three years later Mm. but the trauma doesn't end there so as an adult ranieri described his mother as having been pretty deep into alcoholism when he was a child with his father later saying that his wife quote drank more than she should have end quote Hmm. so Ranieri later I'm also I'm also gonna throw like the caveat if anything is according to Keith Ranieri uh I don't know that I fully believe a hundred percent of the things he says uh I also like to like I don't know about his childhood if his if his mother was a severe alcoholic or anything um if his father's uh also says that maybe it's true but um i also think that he uh likes to create his own mythos Mm -hmm. so uh he could be spinning a lot of this but i don't Mm -hmm. know he's cult leader so whatever exactly so ranieri also later said that when he was 12 years old he read isaac asimov's mind-controlled themed work second foundation which later inspired his work in his cult um, and on the third episode of season one of the CBC radio series Uncover, which was on Nexium, Ranieri's former partner, Barbara Boucher, who was in Nexium for about nine years, she mm-hmm. claimed to have been told by James, Keith Ranieri's father, quote, what we did is we told Keith about how gifted and how intelligent he was. And he said it was almost like a switch went off. And suddenly overnight, he turned into like Jesus Christ. And that he was superior and better than everybody, like he was a deity. He said that it was he said it was that dramatic and that profound. He said it went right to his head, end quote. Ew. Well, it gets better, because furthermore, when Boucher was also talking more, she said that when Ranieri was 13, quote, dozens of young girls were calling the house and Ranieri's mother was overhearing his conversations with them where he was telling every single girl the same thing. I love you. You're the special one. You're important. You are the only one in my life, and I love you. And she says he's saying this to all these girls. He's clearly lying, because not all of them are special, end quote. Yeah. Little does she know, I'm special. Um, But yeah, so Ranieri went on to attend Suffern High School for his freshman year before transferring to the now-defunct Rockland Country Day School in Conjures, New York, from where he graduated in June 1978. And after that, despite his parents having raised such a gifted child, he went on to attend Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute or RPI and graduated from there in 1982 with a 2.26 GPA. That's not great. Yeah, he 
failed or like passed by the skin of his teeth the majority of the like classes that were like upper level math and science which he was like oh i'm so smart i take these classes and it's mm-hmm. like you could you take, take, you the can take the classes yeah, yeah but you you clearly can't pass them um but so in 1984, according to the Albany Times Union, who did like a ton of reporting on this story because Nexium was largely based in upstate New York. Um, yeah. So Rainier or Rainieri, God damn it. It's, it's spelled like Rainier. So I'm going to get I'm going to fuck up. But I know it's Rainieri. It's just when I look at it, then everything goes up. He's stupid. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Rainieri, he was about 24 at the time. Um, allegedly sexually abused, seduced, all of that. A 15-year-old girl he met in a theater group named Gina Melita. And after mm. their relationship ended, Melita introduced him to her friend Gina Hutchinson, who was also 15 and also named Gina, and whom he also abused. Uh, so okay. fun. And after... He's got a type. Yes, exactly. Um, and it is not what you think. 15-year-old Gina's. Huh? 15-year-old Gina? Well, I was just going to say, like, emotionally vulnerable, like, not good at saying no, he's an authority figure, and he is the Jesus Christ, but also 15-year-old Yeah, especially because he has such confidence in himself being a Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. figure that, like, you could, like, definitely me at 15 would be like, "Uh, yeah, I'll follow the confident person. I'm not confident at all. Yeah. And especially, (laughs) like, he's, like, if if you think he's, he's 24, so you think he's hot, and... Doesn't matter if he is or not, but like, you know, he's 24. So it's like, ooh. Um, Yeah. But so, yeah. So after Gina Hutchinson's sister, that's a mouthful, Heidi caught Ranieri climbing in through her bedroom window. Ranieri told her that her sister was a, quote, Buddhist goddess meant to be with him, end quote. (laughs) All right. And in 1989, Ranieri was listed in the Guinness Book of World Records for having the highest IQ, despite the fact that these results were from a 48-minute unmonitored test that was written by the founder of the High IQ Society, the Mega Society. It was written, the test was written by their founder, Ronald K. Heflin. Um, Okay. So throughout the 1980s, Ranieri was involved with the multi-level marketing scheme, or MLM, Amway. And Heidi Hutchinson... vaguely remember that yeah, yeah. And, well it's still going it, and they've got a yeah. lot of subsidiaries that you would know of specifically yeah, yeah, yeah. that are also it just sounds alert. very familiar yeah it, it's 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 the big kahuna um like multi-level marketing scheme it is the it is the og um but so heidi hutchinson later recalled that he was fascinated by amway scientology and neurolinguistic programming and in 1990, he used his celebrity status from the Guinness Book of World Records to found and promote his own MLM, Consumers Byline Inc., which he ran through the first half of the 90s after he left a job as a computer programmer for the State Division of Parole. Meanwhile, Gina Hutchinson continued to see Ranieri and even dropped out of school to work alongside him at Consumers Byline. And mm. it was at a 1991 pitch meeting with the, like for CBI that Ranieri met Tony Natalie, who subsequently became a top seller for the organization with her husband at the time. And in 1992, Natalie and her son moved away from her hometown and to Clifton Park, New York, to be closer to Ranieri. And soon after, her marriage ended. And then, weirdly enough, she started dating Ranieri. Wonder if there's mm. any correlation there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you may be asking, what about Gina Hutchinson? Like, w- what happened to her? Well, he left her high and dry. And mm-hmm. that's pretty much what happened. And unfortunately, in October 2002, when Gina was at this point in her early 30s, she was found dead of a gunshot wound to the temple on the grounds of the Karma Triana Dharma, Dharma, Dharma I can't speak it, Dharma Chakra Buddhist Monastery in Woodstock, mm. New York. And the cause of death was ruled to be a suicide, but many have questioned whether or not she was actually murdered. And some points that people have made regarding this question of whether or not she was murdered, um, allegedly two of Ranieri's other previous partners, Barbara Jeske and Pam Kaffritz, both went on to die from what at the time was diagnosed as cancer, but it was suggested mm. to have actually been a subtle poisoning, according to the 2019 investigation discovery documentary, The Lost Women of Nexium. And according mm. to the documentary, a live-in girlfriend of Ranieri's that was different from uh, Jeske and Kaffritz, 
She had developed bladder cancer, but after submitting a hair sample, it turned out that she reportedly had dangerous levels of bismuth and barium in her system. Not cancer. Yeah, yeah. Furthermore, in 2009, Ranieri was filmed claiming, quote, I've had people killed because of my beliefs, end quote. Mm -hmm. So whether or not Gina died of her own accord, I don't know. I don't want to be disrespectful of her regardless. Um, But... Regardless, he he ruined a child's life. And yeah. In 1993, CBI's operations were restricted after the company was investigated by 20 states. And that same year, the state of New York filed a lawsuit alleging that the organization was a pyramid scheme, saying that it promoted commissions to existing customers for recruiting new ones, which, yeah, that's the definition of a pyramid scheme. And by September 1996, CBI was shut down permanently by the New York State Attorney General after being investigated by 25 states. We bumped it up. So Mm -hmm. Ranieri signed a consent order permanently barring him from, quote, promoting, offering, or granting participation in a chain distribution scheme, end quote. And he paid a $40,000 fine. And throughout, he was like, (laughs) this isn't a pyramid scheme, but I'll pay it and I'll sign it if you just leave me alone. Mm. But did that stop him? No. No, never. Uh, Of course not. But the following year, he had a new ploy and he began another multi-level marketing scheme selling vitamins under the business name National Health Network, which, according to the New York Times, collapsed in 1999. Furthermore, in the mid-1990s, Ranieri and Natalie operated their own health product store, which I'm going to go out on a limb here, likely sold those very same products his MLM was shilling. It's the equivalent Mm. of these Herbalife cafes that you're seeing everywhere where it's like, oh, it's a healthy smoothie and it looks like one of those giant ones that you see on Instagram, but it's healthy. We -hmm. won't tell you what's in it. But it's Herbalife. Don't do that. It'll like fuck up your organs. But anyway, in 1998, Ranieri met Christine Marie Melanakos, a recently divorced mother and the 1995 winner of the Mrs. Michigan pageant. And Melanakos later recalled to the Albany Times Union that Ranieri, quote, explained how there was a profound event that would often happen to the women who came, became intimate with him. Sometimes they would see a blue light. Ultimately, I agreed to be intimate with Keith. It was just as he, and it was just as he said. I even saw a blue light, but I don't think I told him so. I remember thinking, wow, my brain is really susceptible to the power of suggestion, end quote. Mm. And spoiler alert, she will not be the only one. Yeah. That same year, Natalie met Nancy Saltzman, a nurse and trained practitioner of hypnotism and neurolinguistic programming. She later told Aaron Martin on her podcast, uh, Natalie later told Aaron Martin on her podcast, Pink Shade, quote, Nancy said, you're so wonderful. How can I help you? So I said, well, you can help me with my boyfriend. He had these grandiose ideas and his hours were becoming erratic again. She listened and she said, oh, that's easy. I can help you. He's a sociopath. They met, and four days later, she came out with the glazed eyes and gave me the, you don't know who he is. And I was like, wow, there goes another one, end quote. Mm. And that, my love bunnies, was the beginning of the end. So together, Ranieri and Saltzman founded Executive Success Programs, a personal development company that offered a range of techniques aimed at self-help and improvement. And a few years later, they rebranded the program using the name Nexium, and that is spelled N-X-I-V-M because we have to be unique. Yeah. And an estimated 16 to 18,000 people enrolled in the group's personal development classes and workshops, including its executive success programs, to overcome, quote, psychological and emotional barriers, end quote. Hmm. Most participants only took a couple of classes, but members who became more ardent followers began calling Saltzman the, quote, prefect and Ranieri the, quote, vanguard, regarding him as the most ethical man in the world. And according to The Hollywood Reporter, Ranieri, quote, adopted the title vanguard from a favorite arcade game in which the destruction of one's enemies increased one's own power, end quote. All right. That's a red flag right there. So in addition to Ranieri's inspiration from Asimov's Second Foundation and from this video game, much of Nexium was influenced by the teachings of one of his favorite authors, Ayn Rand, who many know from her novels Atlas Shrugged and The Fountainhead. And as I said before, in 1999, National Health Network collapsed, as did Ranieri's relationship with Natalie, who later alleged on Uncover that he just absolutely fucking terrorized her after the breakup, that he, like, Mm. quite literally tried to destroy one of his enemies. 
Um, In fact, in a January 2003 ruling, federal judge Robert Littlefield implied that Ranieri was using a legal suit to harass his former partner, writing, quote, this matter smacks of a jilted fellow's attempt at revenge or retaliation against his former girlfriend with many attempts at tripping her up along the way, end quote. Mm. So in 2002, Ranieri and Saltzman continued to recruit people to Nexium, including members of the influential Bronfman, Bronfman family, um, who they are the heirs to the multi-billion dollar Seagram's, I think you've heard of them, liquor fortune. Yeah. Yeah. So first came Sarah Bronfman. She was involved first, followed by her younger sister, Claire. And then even their dad, Edgar Bronfman Sr., who was the former chairman of Seagram Company. He is the former chairman of Seagram Company. Uh, He ended up taking a Nexium course the following year in 2003, but he quickly figured out what was going on and tried to warn his daughters against having any involvement in the organization. But at that point, it was too Mm -hmm. late. So also... In 2002, that November, a 35-year-old environmentalist consultant named Kristen Marie Snyder paid $7,000 to enroll in a 16-day personal development course hosted by Saltzman in Anchorage, Alaska. And the following January, Snyder traveled to New York State to visit Ranieri and the other leaders of Nexium, with her mother later recalling that her daughter, quote, had come to believe she was responsible for the Columbia shuttle disaster, end quote, and, quote, Mm. thought Keith was incredible, end quote. So Snyder and her partner, Heidi Clifford, then signed up for a second 16-day course in Anchorage, Alaska. She went home, she grabbed her partner, and she went to another one of these courses. Mm -hmm. So on February 6, 2003, the 10th day of the second seminar, Snyder reportedly began claiming to be pregnant with Ranieri's child, which was allegedly corroborated by Claire Bronfman. Clifford later recalled in an interview with the Albany Times Union, quote, I was told by a Nexium instructor not to bring her to the hospital. That's what makes me feel really bad, end quote. Mm. Snyder was last seen leaving this session of the course on February 6th, and her and Clifford's Toyota Tacoma was recovered two days later in Seward, Alaska, which is about 120 miles, or for our non-American friends, about 193 kilometers from Anchorage, which is, again, where the... So she was far gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inside the truck, Alaska State Police recovered a notebook um and scribbled inside was the message quote i attended a course called executive success programs based out of anchorage alaska and albany new york i was brainwashed and my emotional center of the brain was killed slash turned off i still have feeling in my external skin but my internal organs are rotting i am sorry life i didn't know i was already dead may we persist into the future end quote meanwhile a separate note read quote no need to search for my body end quote Wow. Investigators theorized that Snyder drove the couple's truck to a campground along the resur- along Resurrection Bay in Seward, Alaska, and before dawn on February 7th, she paddled a creaky 16-foot kayak into the bay and intentionally capsized in the glacier-fed water. Oh, God. Yeah. In 2019, a witness at, spoiler alert, Ranieri's trial testified that after Snyder's disappearance, he paid $24,000 to obtain her email password. Why would that be? Because there's bad things on there. There's got to be something, right? So later that year, on October 13th, 2003, Forbes published a piece on Nexium titled, quote, Cult of Personality. Because Edgar Bronfman Sr. went to them and basically sounded the alarm and was like, Nexium is a cult and my kids are in it and I need help. So per the article, quote, though he once took a course and endorsed the program, he hasn't talked to his daughters in months and has grown troubled over the long hours and emotional and financial investment they have been devoting to Ranieri's group. One daughter, Claire, 24, has lent the program $2 million at 2.5% interest, the senior Bronfman says. She denies this, end quote. So obviously, this made Bronfman public enemy number one in Nexium's eyes. Like there were attempted hacks into his computer. There was like so oh, much. Wow. Yeah. But it didn't stop people from continuing to join the cult, including Emmy Award winning actress. Um, I believe Emmy Award winning actress. I actually don't remember whether she won an Emmy. I kind of feel like she did. But my point is, she is, is Allison. Smallville? Huh? This is Allison is Mack, this, okay, yeah. star of Smallville. And. I don't believe she was nominated or oh, the winner of an Emmy. I don't know where that came from, but my notes are weird sometimes. So ignore that. She doesn't, if she does have one, she doesn't deserve it anymore. Bye. 
Um, but yeah, she is best known as starring as Chloe Sullivan on the hit series Smallville. She won a Teen Choice Award. She did. A Teen Choice Award that. and a Sci-Fi Genre Award. Oh, wow. All of those could be Emmys. That's according <laughs> to her... IMDb? I, uh, Wiki- no, oh. her, that's according to her Wikipedia. Okay, that's fine. That'll work. But, I mean, I, For best sidekick. Yeah, exactly. That's... I mm-hmm. mean, and spoiler alert, she's a sidekick here, too. Yeah. So, now skipping a bit to 2009. According to the Albany Times Union, a group of Ranieri's associates known as the Nexium Nine broke with Ranieri and his organization, citing, quote, concerns about unethical practices and the alleged abuse of his leadership status to sexually manipulate women in the organization, end quote. Mm -hmm. Among the group was Boucher, who she herself had spent $1.6 million covering losses of commodities trades, which Ranieri made in her name. And Mm -hmm. after which Ranieri manipulated Claire Bronfman to bankroll him in his little cult, and court papers later revealed that Bronfman gave millions of dollars to Ranieri, but also covered expenses like travel, like private planes costing $65,000, like private flights, shit like that. Yeah. Just bleeding money, ridiculously, like, exploitative. So slowly, and I mean like a trickle, the group began to break down further. In 2012, the Albany Times Union began publishing a series of articles examining the organization and allegations that it was like a cult because it's right in their backyard. And in a February 2012 article, cult experts confirmed that Nexium was indeed a cult, with some telling the Times Union that its terms and rituals were very cult-like, and another expert even likening Ranieri to Branch Davidian leader David Koresh, claiming that mm. he directed one of the most extreme cults he had ever studied. Yeah. By 2017, several former members had asked New York state authorities to launch an investigation into Nexium, specifically a secretive subsect within the organization called the VOW, or D-O-S, which is an acronym for a Latin phrase roughly translating to, quote, master over slave women, or, mm, quote, hmm. master slash, or, or, excuse me, master over slave women, or, quote, lord, mas- lord slash master of the obedient female companions, end quote. And my sources differed on that, and I know that translations can be wonky. I should have asked my sister. She was, like, an ace Latin student when she was in high school. Hmm. But according to whistleblowers, this sisterhood was billed as an empowerment group comprised of circles that were each led by a master who recruited slaves, and then over time, the subordinates would also recruit their own slaves, so it's a pyramid mm-hmm. scheme of slavery. Mm-hmm. Up next, we've got a trigger warning for abuse, sexual violence. Um, it may be triggering for those who are in recovery from an eating disorder. Um, I'd skip ahead about... I'd skip ahead a bit. Um, yeah. So investigators later said that Ranieri preferred exceptionally thin women because he... That was just... He's like, oh, that's the the beauty ideal and blah, blah, blah. So slaves had to stick to very low calorie diets and document every food that they ate. That's also very much a uh, typical cult tactic is restricting calories, restricting food, make your brain more pliable Mm -hmm. and get them to do what you want them to do. Mm -hmm. So members were forced to be branded in the pelvic area. And when I say branded, I do indeed mean like hot poke like like yeah, you would do iron. to yeah. cattle yep. um according to the associated press a complaint against ranieri said quote during the branding ceremonies slaves were required to be fully naked and the master would order one slave to film while the other held down the slave being branded end quote furthermore they were required to hand over what was known as collateral which included rights to personal assets and embarrassing and incriminating information such as nude photographs and highly damaging personal information. Like, you were required to hand this over. You could not be part of it if you didn't. I had heard in the uh, the Nexium episode of uh, Armchair and Dangerous, they uh, were talking to a woman who had been in Nexium, and she said that she had to hand over the deed to her house. Yeah, yeah, literally, like shit like that, yes. Yeah, and like some, they made some people film like, uh, um, like false accusations mm-hmm. against people, mm-hmm. and they they held all of this over people's head. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they did. They threatened that it would be public rele- publicly released if they disclosed the existence of DOS, and some were also even ordered to have sex with Ranieri. Like yeah. it just it's it's a whole fucking mess. 
So on October 17, 2017, the New York Times published an expose on Nexium, the DOS, and the branding ritual. Former members spoke on the submission and obedience practices in the cult consisting of masters who would recruit slaves and said that at the top of the pyramid was, of course, Ranieri, who did indeed force the women to sleep with him and use them for free labor. Women who did not pay penalties for breaking DOS rules were forced into fasting or given other physical punishments. For example, the AP reported that as punishment for not following orders, some of the women were forced to attend classes where they were, quote, forced to wear fake cow udders over their breasts while people called them derogatory names, end quote, or they were threatened with being put in cages, court papers say. Mm. One of the former members interviewed was actress Sarah Edmondson, who claimed that Nancy Saltzman's daughter Lauren was a, quote, was, quote, a rock star, end quote, within the group, and that she had recruited, that Lauren had recruited Edmondson nearly a decade earlier. And after mm. providing the requisite collateral, Edmondson claims she was designated a slave and had to text her unidentified master every morning and night as part of a training session, or else she would face penalties such as the aforementioned forced fasting. She also corroborated the allegations that the sorority had a branding ritual in which slaves had their flesh cauterized with Ranieri's initials. But it's not just Ranieri's initials. We'll get to that in a minute. Just hold tight. After the New York Times expose was published, the Justice Department began a full-fledged criminal investigation into the group, and Ranieri fled with several women to a villa, which allegedly cost about $10,000 a week to rent, in a luxury-gated community near Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, and allegedly he attempted to cover his tracks by using encrypted email and ditching his phone. Mm. On March 26th, because of course this isn't going to work... At the request of the U.S. of U.S. officials, Ranieri was arrested in Mexico, where he had been living for five months. At the time of his arrest, he was found hiding in a closet like the fucking coward he is. Oh, my God. And after authorities took Ranieri into custody, they then engaged in a high in a high speed car chase with the women. Hmm. So in an affidavit filed as part of the criminal complaint, a FBI agent stated that Ranieri had maintained a, quote, rotating group, end quote, of 15 to 20 women with whom he maintained sexual relations. Hmm. The following day, he attended a hearing in Fort Worth, Texas, and then was sent to Brooklyn to face charges that he was forced that he forced women to engage in sex. In an eight page letter, prosecutors said that Ranieri, quote, has spent his entire life. Oh, excuse me. I'm putting words in their mouths. They said that Ranieri, quote, has spent his life profiting from pyramid schemes and has otherwise received financial backing from independently wealthy women, end quote, like the Bronfman sisters. Mm -hmm. According to the Associated Press, in a letter attributed to Ranieri previously posted on a website related to Nexium, which described Ranieri, by the way, as a, quote, scientist, mathematician, philosopher, entrepreneur, educator, inventor, and author, end quote, who has, quote, devoted his life to studying the human psychodynamic and developing new tools for human empowerment and expression and ethics, end quote. Yeah, I'm sure that's all the things he would love to have been. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, no, I guess I shouldn't say that because that's apparently who he is. So he, in this letter, denied the practices were sanctioned by the self-described self-help group, saying, quote, these allegations are most disturbing to me as nonviolence is one of my most important values, end quote. Mm -hmm. Fuck off. So on April 20th, Mac was arrested and charged with sex trafficking and forced labor because it turned out that she was essentially one of his lieutenants in this cult. Yeah. In a Brooklyn, New York court hearing, Assistant U.S. Attorney Moira Penza said, quote, Ms. Mack was one of the top members of a highly organized scheme, which was designated to provide sex to Ranieri. Under the guise of female empowerment, she starved women until they fit her co-defendant's sexual feminine ideal, end quote. Mack pleaded not guilty, and on April 24th, she was released from Metropolitan Detention Center in Brooklyn, New York, on a $5 million bond and held under house arrest under the custody of her parents in California. Mm -hmm. Soon after, a video emerged of Mac praising her experience working for Janus, an older Nexium-affiliated, quote, women's empowerment group, end quote, which she, in this video, she called it, quote, the most gratifying thing she's ever done, end quote. Mm -hmm. Furthermore, old tweets resurfaced indicating Mac attempted to recruit Emma Watson, Kelly Clarkson, yep. and writers that were known for their feminist work, including journalist and activist Noor Taguri, to what she described as a, quote, human development and women's movement, end quote. So, for example, on July 20th, 2013, she tweeted at Clarkson, quote, I heard through the grapevine that you're a fan of Smallville. 
I'm a fan of yours as well. I'd love to chat sometime, end quote. In January 2016, Mac tweeted at Watson, quote, I'm a fellow actress like yourself and involved in an amazing women's movement I think you'd, you'd dig. I'd love to chat if you're open, end quote. Mm. And then a little over a month later, she tweeted at Watson again, saying, quote, I participate in a unique human development and women's movement I'd love to tell you about. As a fellow actress, I can relate so well to your vision and what you want to see in the world. I think we could work together. Let me know if you're willing to chat, end quote. And then again, a couple of weeks later, when... God, get off Hermione's ass. Oh, well, wait. She replied to Watson's tweet about International Women's Day, saying, <sighs> quote, Thank you for the bump up. Would love to chat with a fellow changemaker. Hashtag International Women's Day. End quote. Oh, my God. Furthermore, Taguri was a- actually apparently supposed to meet Mac in New York to discuss Nexium. But she decided against it because she couldn't shake the unsettling feeling that it was weird how this, quote, women and woman empowering end quote group was actually led by a man. Like she dodged a fucking bullet. She got touched by a goddamn angel like that. She listened to her gut. Listen to your gut. okay? always listen to your gut. God bless. Um, But yeah, so the media had a field day with news outlets speculating what other high profile individuals may have been involved in Nexium's suspected criminal activities. One such person was Max Smallville co-star Kristen Kruick, who, while admitting that she took a few courses at Nexium, denied any involvement in the DOS, telling Ill Magazine, quote, the accusations that I was in the inner circle or recruited women as sex slaves are blatantly false, end quote. Mm. Understandably so. Like, I'd be pretty fucking pissed, too, if somebody was like, oh, I think she was in a cult. But, like, yeah. again, this was, like, huge news, huge tabloid fodder. Like, Smallville was still going on at this point. Or no, I, uh-huh. I, I take that back. I think it ended in like 2011. But still, it was fresh. It was fresh. Yeah, yeah. I watched it. Like, it was fresh. So on May 30th, 2018, in an interview with the New York Times, Mac touted DOS as a sort of women's empowerment sect and claimed that she came up with the idea for branding these women with both her and Ranieri's initials. Yeah. So she said, quote, I was like... Y'all, a tattoo? People get drunk and tattooed on their ankle BFF or a tramp stamp. I have two tattoos and they mean nothing, end quote. Good. These aren't tattoos, these are brands. I was gonna say, good, then you fucking put a hot iron poker up against your goddamn fucking skin and you do it. And who knows, and maybe you she can, did, but still. You can see the brands. Oh yeah. They are rough. It's it's a human humans human flesh has been burned. Like, you know what I mean? It's not yeah it, it's so much worse it's not a tattoo no no it's a fucking brand yeah uh, she also confirmed that she allegedly had the women hand over black ma- blackmail material to keep them in line and also pushed them to lose weight and severely restricted their diets also she didn't have a brand did she did she i mean did she i not? don't i don't i don't believe she got branded yeah i don't know whether she got branded because you would get branded on like your pelvis so it's not also something it that you would right often above see your yeah your right meow meow <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the following month, Nexium suspended its operations. So this is in June 2018. Uh, writing on their company website, quote, while we are disappointed by the interruption of our operations, we believe it is warranted by the extraordinary circumstances facing the company at this time. We continue to believe in the value and importance of our work and look forward to resuming our efforts when these allegations are resolved, end quote. <laughs> okay. Mm. So then in July 2018, authorities arrested four of Ranieri's accomplices, Claire Bronfman, co-founder Nancy Saltzman and her daughter Lauren Saltzman, and former Nexium bookkeeper Kathy Russell, all of whom were accused of recruiting and grooming women to have sex with Ranieri. On July 24, 2018, a superseding indictment charged Ranieri, Mack, Bronfman, Russell, and Nancy and Lauren Saltzman with racketeering, conspiracy involving a slew of crimes including identity theft, extortion, forced labor, sex trafficking, money laundering, wire fraud, and obstruction of justice. Prosecutors alleged that all used, quote, harassment, coercion, and abusive litigation to intimidate and attack perceived enemies and critics. Mm. On March 12, 2019, Nancy Saltzman was charged with identity theft and altering records to influence the outcome of a lawsuit against Nexium. In federal district court in Brooklyn, New York, she pleaded guilty to planning, quote, invasions of privacy, end quote, involving email accounts ordering members to, quote, destroy videotapes, end quote, that documented Ranieri's, quote, teachings. And altering tapes of herself teaching courses, quote, edited to remove sections we did not want to turn over, end quote, to be used during a lawsuit against cult deprogrammer Rick Ross, not that Rick Ross, who helped (laughs) Nexium members escape. 
Uh-huh. So during her plea, she sobbed, quote, I want you to know I am pleading guilty because I am, in fact, guilty. I accept that some of the things I did were not just wrong, but sometimes criminal, end quote. Which, like, some, sometimes, there, yeah, right? there, we can speak in absolutes here. Like, I'm not one for that, but, like, this would be the moment to do so. This yeah. is fucked. So, yeah, she was initially scheduled to be sentenced on July 2019, July 10th, 2019, but that was subsequently pushed. And on March 14th, Ranieri was also charged with child pornography charges, with prosecutors saying that his first, quote, slave was 15-year-old Gina and that he documented the encounters. They also accused him of possessing child pornography between 2005 and 2018. Mm. On March 27th, Claire Bronfman appeared in court as well, and when asked by Brooklyn Federal Court Judge Nicholas G. Garofis whether or not she, her one of her attorneys was disgraced lawyer Michael Avenatti, she passed out in court, had to be taken out oh. in a stretcher, and then later on in that same hearing, it was revealed that her lawyer, Mark Giragos, had met with prosecutors alongside Avenatti the week before. So just, uh-huh. when in doubt, just pass out. Like... You know, we're playing possum over here. On April 2nd, Lauren Saltzman also pled guilty, admitting that she was a member of DOS and that she, quote, knowingly and intentionally harbored, end quote, an unnamed woman as her slave from March 2010 to April 2012. Jesus. Yeah. Like her mother, she also expressed remorse, saying, quote, I'm very sorry for my poor decision making and decisions that result in the harm of others to others and not just the victims in this case, but to hundreds of members of our community and their friends and families as well, end quote. At least she was more apologetic. At least she did. At le- I mean, at least she spoke in absolutes. Um, yeah. But and, and to be quite honest, like, it's not that I like, I think that she was a shitty person for doing all of this. But at the same time, she was essentially raised in this cult. Mm-hmm. Like, she's Nancy Saltzman's daughter. Like, it It just it's it, it's not I'm not trying to make excuses for her. But at the same time, I feel like it's just a different a different ball game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I can't, I, 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 I think it's harder when you're young, when you're a kid and you're getting involved in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you've been like enmeshed basically in the, in. And every, yeah. And everyone around you is in it. And yeah, like it's just feeding you all of these things. Yeah. Like it, it, it's just I, I can't, I, I, I can't begin to try to understand because she was like the same age, around the same age as Ranieri's first, like as the Gina's, not to make yeah, them yeah, yeah. not to be glib, but as these teenage girls, she was a teenage girl herself. Like, how can you, yeah. when it's just especially in your formative years. But regardless, so like her mother, her sentencing date, sentencing date was also ultimately pushed. Um, we'll get to that later because I do think justice should be served for her, but we'll, we'll get to it. So a few days later, on April 8th, 2019, Mac also pleaded guilty to racketeering and racketeering conspiracy charges. Prosecutors dropped the charges of sex trafficking conspiracy to commit sex trafficking and forced labor, though. In federal district okay. court, Mac sobbed, too, but then again, she's also an actress, And she admitted that she had lured women into DOS by saying they would be part of a female mentorship program, saying, quote, I have come to the conclusion that I must take full responsibility for my conduct, and that's why I am pleading guilty today, end quote. Facing up to 20 years in prison on each count, she was originally scheduled to be sentenced on September 11th, 2019, but the date was postponed twice by the court to grant sufficient time to conduct pre-sentencing investigations. On April 19th, 2019, Claire Bronfman came back didn't pass out this time, also pled guilty to two charges related to harboring an undocumented immigrant for for Nexium and enabling credit card fraud. Though the trial concluded that while she was not known as Ranieri's legal enforcer, she was, that while she was known as Ranieri's legal enforcer, she was not a member of DOS. Okay. So that same day, Russell also pleaded guilty, that's the bookkeeper, to one count of visa fraud for falsifying a visa application for a person associated with Nexium. I couldn't, I didn't have the time to do as much research as I wanted, but I think, so at one point, Allison Mack married a woman who was yes. from, a, yeah. like, outside the U.S. to get her a visa, and I believe that's what this is in relation to. She was. She was. Yeah. 
And yeah. they like divorced in 2020. They divorced relatively recently. But yeah. it was seen as like a sham marriage. She was engaged to like Sam Witwer for a bit. Like, yeah, it, it was it was very much like clear that it was to get this woman into the States. Yeah. But now comes the big one. So on May 7th, 2019, happy birthday to me, Ranieri's trial began in Brooklyn. And over the course of six weeks, prosecutors presented a damning case against Ranieri. Former cult members testified. Um, like some of them said that Nexium's curriculum like was used as psychological manipulation by Ranieri to indoctrinate his followers into obedience. Um, again, Nancy Saltzman before this was a neurolinguistic like professional. Like she knew mm-hmm. what like he knew what he was doing. She knew what she was doing. Any dissenters or critics faced retaliation in lawsuits, creating an internal culture with no tolerance for resistance of any kind. See Edgar Bronfman Sr. and Rick Ross, not that Rick Ross, as examples. Yeah. So much of the trial focused on DOS, which prosecutors said Ranieri created in 2015 as part of a scheme to provide him with just a flow of submissive women. Mm. We got another trigger warning up for sexual assault and abuse. So one former member, identified only as Nicole, described how on one day, Ranieri took her to a house, told her to take off all of her clothes, blindfolded her, tied her down to a table. Mm. Then he asked her about her sexual history while he had another person perform oral sex on her. Yeah. Lauren Saltzman also testified against Ranieri, saying that the women in DOS were subjected to punishments such as being whipped with a leather strap or being forced to stand barefoot in the snow. On June 19, 2019, jurors deliberated for less than half a day before finding Mm. Ranieri guilty of all seven counts, racketeering, sex trafficking, conspiracy, forced labor, identity theft, sexual exploitation of a child, possession of child pornography, like just the whole, the whole Megilla. Also, I don't know how much the jury saw, but I believe like, didn't Ranieri like request uh, like a um, a videographer to like film a bunch of his stuff because he thought he was fucking Jesus and he wanted people to see how like, fucking great nexium was so like a lot of this stuff i mean not the more nefarious stuff like the branding but uh lots of nexium's doings were like filmed um so i don't know if they had a specific videographer but yes like for example they filmed the um initiations yeah they filmed like instructional like you were talking before about that one woman in the cult that they had like instructional videos and then it like devolved yeah yeah yeah. like they 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 filmed a lot of shit and that's what i meant before when nancy saltzman was convicted of like changing these things to fuck with a trial Uh like getting rid of those tapes and editing those tapes so that like it wouldn't seem like the accusations were baseless like things like that yeah Um, So his sentencing was scheduled for October 2020 because we didn't know what was coming. Uh, But the hits keep coming and they don't stop coming and they don't stop coming and they don't stop coming. Because in January 2020, Nexium was hit with a lawsuit. They named Ranieri. They named Mac. They named the Saltzmans. They named the the Bronfmans. Like they they just named fucking everybody. Mm -hmm. And about 80 people alleged that they were victims of a pyramid scheme saying that they had been lured in under false scientific claims before paying thousands of dollars for self-help classes and were instead subjected to emotional and verbal abuse to make them stay in the cult. Yeah. So while the company promised members that they could have careers within it, very few top members made money, and the rest of their downline was just pressured into recruiting students while spending their savings on these so-called personal development classes. Mm-hmm. Let this be our PSA now. If you are being recruited to an MLM, just say no. Follow that gut. Even if your gut is telling you, hey, these leggings are really cute, it's not worth it. It's not worth the debt. There's it's not cute worth- leggings other places. Yes, you can get chemical burns from salon quality shampoo instead of a shitty shampoo. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if, if you want these things, you can get them elsewhere, but don't do this. Like, the the stupid, the, the Arbonne fizzy shit, like all of it, like, just don't do it. Don't do it. You can get better yeah. knives. Also, like, do, do a quick Google search before yes. you uh, say yes to any yes. weird, like, ex-high school person that approaches you about selling something. If they DM you, hey, hun, just run. Hey, yeah. hun, just run. Just follow that. Follow that. 
Hey, hon, um, just run. Hey, hon, just run. So fast forwarding to September 2020. Despite the fact that part of her custody agreement, like being released to the custody of her parents, was that she would not have access to the internet. Allison Mack was identified as a student at the University of California, Berkeley, in September of 2020. Mm-hmm. Which generated just complete outrage by everybody, her classmates, the, the general public, everyone. Yeah. Because Mac apparently enrolled in multiple courses, such as Gender, Sex, and Power, <gasps> and the History and Practice of Human Rights. That's fucking... She's Read the goddamn room. Like, are you kidding? That's so fucking crazy. So according to an anonymous user on the UC Berkeley subreddit who claimed to have briefly been in a class with her... And they also, like, normally I'd be like, oh, like, you're you're in a non, whatever. But they also made a very good point. They were like, I'm using a throwaway account because my, re- my real Reddit account has personally identifiable information and she can just look me up, like, yeah. in the Berkeley directory and find me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not, like, it's very easy to figure out who I am and then it's very easy for her to contact me. And this bitch branded people. I don't blame them. Yeah. But so this anonymous user said, quote, She was in my gender, sex, and power class for about a week, but left voluntarily after outcry from students who did not feel safe discussing those topics with someone who branded other women. As far as I know, she is still a student at Berkeley, but I don't know what other classes she is taking this semester. Our professor will not tell us how the administration is handling this matter being brought to their attention due to privacy laws. It is not widely public knowledge that she is a student here, but she is a public figure, and I feel morally obligated to let other students know about her presence, end quote. Yeah. In the same thread, another student corroborated the OP's statement, saying, quote, I was also in this class and can confirm she was also in a history of human rights course before somebody called her out. Apparently, she is a GWS major, but I can't confirm this. She has a history of targeting feminist authors for her cult. So this is very troubling, if true, end quote. Another Mm -hmm. commenter said that they believed that she may have been an English major. There was really no, like, confirmation or denial. But for those who don't know, GWS is gender and women's studies. So, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Then later that month, on September 30th, 2020, Claire Bronfman's sentencing hearing finally took place. And Bronfman had seemingly not wavered in her loyalty to Ranieri, writing in an August letter to Judge Garofis that, quote, Nexium and Keith greatly changed my life for the better, end quote. Um, her poor fucking father. But nine of Nexium's victims gave impact statements. And after that, Judge Garofis sentenced Bronfman to 81 years in prison, which was much longer than what prosecutors had requested. Damn. At the time, a member of her legal team, attorney Ronald Sullivan, called the sentencing an, quote, abomination, end quote, and said that he would be filing an appeal. Hmm. On October 27, 2020, Ranieri was sentenced to 120 years, so basically mm. life in prison, um, who, by Judge Garofis, who was subsequently accused by Ranieri of corruption. <laughs> My God. So Ranieri's legal team wrote in a court filing in September 2020, quote, he is not sorry for his conduct or his choices, end quote. I'm like, okay, so you just trying to help at this point? Like, what do you mean? Yeah. He began serving his sentence at a medium security penitentiary, United States Penitentiary, Lewisburg, in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. But on January 22nd, 2021, he was transferred to a maximum security prison, United States Penitentiary, Tucson, in Tucson, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Ranieri's requests for a new trial have been repeatedly denied. However, the most recent request was just submitted in April of this year, with Ranieri claiming that the FBI allegedly tampered with a photo of a nude woman to make it seem as if she was underage. Just okay. Give it up, man. Like no no that's like that's not only that's not the only thing that you are accused of yeah but like just give it up so on june 30th 2021 mac was sentenced remember she had she had a pretty hefty she broke some rules she she had some pretty hefty like potential consequences just yeah. from the sentencing alone up to 20 years on each count like we're we're yeah three years in prison hmm. in handing down the sentence judge garofis said that she had used her celebrity status to quote recruit and groom end quote women as sexual partners for ranieri and in a letter to the court mac apologized to the people she recruited saying quote i am sorry i ever exposed you to the nefarious and emotionally abusive schemes of a twisted man i feel a heavy weight of guilt for having misused your your trust end quote good you fucking should yeah yeah 
But it keeps getting better because on July 29, 2021, CNN reported that Lauren Saltzman, Nancy's daughter, was able to avoid prison time after being sentenced by a federal judge to five years probation and 300 hours of community service. Judge Garofis told the New York Times, quote, the defendant helped Keith Raniere implement some of the most twisted, manipulative and reprehensible schemes. She is also herself a victim of Raniere and his depravity, end quote, which mm-hmm. fair, I guess. But at the same time, like just probation and community service, like, I yeah. don't know. Like not even a fine. Like, come on. Yeah. On September 8th, 2021, her mother, Nancy Saltzman, was sentenced to 42 months in prison. In a sentencing memo written in pre-sentencing in a pre-sentencing court filing, prosecutor U.S. Attorney Tanya Hajar said that asked that Saltzman be sentenced in the upper range of the recommended 33 to 41 months, saying, "quote The conduct underlying the defendant's conviction warrants a substantial sentence." End quote. Hmm. Um, the defendant helped. Uh, um, excuse me, I'm gonna take that back for a second. One twelve. Judge Garofis said of Saltzman to the New York Times, quote, the defendant helped Keith Raniere implement some of the most twisted, manipulative and reprehensible schemes. She is also herself a victim. I'm taking this whole thing out, Elliot. Um, I don't know how I managed to do this to myself, but I, I congratulations. I played myself like, OK, cool. Cool. So now to the pop culture side of things. On September 21st, 2019, actress Catherine Oxenberg, who is best known for her role as Amanda Carrington on the original Dynasty series, Mm -hmm. she produced the Lifetime movie Escaping the Nexium Cult, A Mother's Fight to Save Her Daughter. Actress Andrea Mm -hmm. Roth of 13 Reasons Why played Oxenberg and Peter Facinelli, who played Carlisle Cullen in the Twilight series. I think we all know him, former Mr. Um, Jenny Garth. He played Ranieri. The movie has a 5.3 out of 10 on IMDb and a 78% Google score. And you can watch it on Netflix if you're in the U.S., maybe even in other countries. But I know for a fact Mm -hmm. it's in the U.S. And as she told Megyn Kelly on NBC Today in November 2017, Oxenberg had brought her daughter, India Riven Oxenberg, to Nexium in 2011 for what she thought would be a, quote, quote, a self-help business-oriented program, end quote. Mm. Instead, India became just like deeply involved in the cult to the point that Oxenberg tried and failed to initiate an intervention for her daughter. Uh, Mm. Could not get her out, no matter how hard she tried. And in August 2018, Oxenberg revealed to People magazine that India ended up leaving Nexium a couple of months beforehand in June of 2018 after Ranieri was arrested. That same month, she published a book, Oxenberg published a book titled Captive, A Mother's Crusade to Save Her Daughter from a Terrifying Cult, which she co-wrote with former People Magazine writer Natasha Stoinoff. The book has a 3.69 out of 5 on Goodreads with over 1,600 reviews. Mm. On August 23rd, 2020, HBO released the true crimes docuseries The Vow, which was directed by Jahane Nujame and Karima Mir, and takes an in-depth look at Nexium and the experiences of its members. And while Oxenberg and Edmondson, that actress that uh, spoke to the New York Times, were interviewed for the series... Ranieri, Mac, and Nancy and Laura Saltzman refused to have anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. According to Edmondson, the filmmakers had told the series publicity team not to use the word sex or the phrase, quote, sex cult, while part like while promoting the, move, the, the series, saying, quote, they didn't want to sensationalize the content or traumatize the victims any further, end quote. Mm-hmm. The Vow has a 7 out of 10 on IMDb, an 83% Google score, and a 75% tomato meter rating, and 58% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, with the critics' consensus, quote, Though the Vow's scope at times exceeds its reach, its empathetic approach to unpacking Nexium's manipulations and the consequences therein make for necessary, difficult viewing, end quote. Mm. And you can watch it on HBO Max or anywhere that you may have an HBO subscription, like Hulu, Apple TV+, whatever. Then in... October 2020, Stars released, it was like the, 2020 was like the year of the Nexium, apparently. Yeah. Um, Stars released a four-part docuseries titled Seduced, Inside the Nexium Cult, which is directed by Cecilia Peck and Inbal B. Lesnar, and it follows the story of India Oxenberg. It's actually the first time that she got to speak out about her experiences, and uh-huh. also profiles like Ranieri and Mac and the cult. 
Um, it has a 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb, an 80% Google score, and a 100% tomato meter rating on Rotten Tomatoes with a 93% Bullshit. audience score. And the critics' consensus is, quote, with compelling firsthand accounts and plenty of expert insights, Seduced is harrowing is a, is a harrowing account of the startling ease with which a cult can consume a person's life, end quote. Mm. And you can watch it if you have stars, but you can also watch it for free on Roku TV and with 100 like percent on rotten tomatoes like why the fuck wouldn't you yeah four-part docuseries done sold let's go and on that note don't join an mlm don't join an mlm uh try to avoid joining a cult if you see something say uh, something <laughs> if you see yeah if you see something say something if uh you have a friend or family member that is uh seems to be in a group that is uh, increasingly isolating mm -hmm. or um, has some troubling views, mm -hmm. uh, maybe try to get them some help. Do what you can to try help, to get them out. but also try to keep yourself safe because some of these can be like very... Predatory. Well, predatory, but also like if you show too much, like they were saying that there was a um, doctrine against like dissent or criticism of the cult they went after people who tried to speak out against the cult like this is a common practice so also just be careful take care of yourself and it can be so heartbreaking it feels like a person has died to you that they're just gone forever because they are mm. so deeply enmeshed in this cult but and the same thing can go for mlms it ruins lives it ruins credit scores it's just it, yeah. but you take both and you put them together and whoo girl we've got ourselves a, a mess but yeah hopefully nothing will come of now that we've talked about it it'll probably something will probably happen this week um but hopefully nothing will come of Raniere's appeal um i tried to look and i didn't really see anything i just kept reading articles from like early may being like oh they're gonna talk about it and like okay well when i think there'd be too much like crazy outrage if if any that's what i'm saying like yeah. if there if there was any like attempts um yeah. but yeah so this is crime culture don't join a cult right. don't join a cult. don't join an mlm go, you can go to our website which is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com we also have instagram facebook and twitter and you can find the links to all of those um on the website or on the link tree linked in the bios of any of those so if you found one you found them all we also have patreon which is linked in our link tree as well and you can uh join us for as little as a dollar as much as whatever you want and i think that's it for now and we'll see you next tuesday yeah i'm down i'll see i'll see you next tuesday I'll see you next Tuesday. Oh, let's see each other next Tuesday. Okay. Bye. Bye.